0: What a game we were treated to Saturday night between West Virginia and TCU. The Mountaineers battle for four quarters despite losing one of their emotional leaders due to injury in the second quarter. Garrett Green returns from injury. There were some mixed results in his play and the WVU defense stands very tall in the second half. Zero points allowed after halftime. Plenty of things to react to coming out of this one and we are here to break it all down following game number five of the season. You are listening to the Golden Blue Nation podcast, Ryan Decker and Kevin Redfern here in our Morgantown studios after West Virginia moves to 2-0 in Big 12 play, 4-1 on the season. The Mountaineers go on the road and win 24-21 over TCU. Kevin, an impressive uh, game for the Mountaineers. What's your initial reaction to this one?
1: We'll talk about this WVU defense first of all. I mean, coming out of the Duquesne game when they allowed 17 points, Defense coordinator Jordan Leslie still wasn't happy. He wasn't happy with the secondary. The front five got some love, but a little inconsistent since then. Just less than a handful of touchdowns allowed by the team. uh, If that and then shutting down a team like TCU, the reigning national runner up Mm -hmm. zero points in the second half, 111 yards beyond impressive on the road. I think the defense deserves all the credit in the world.
0: Yeah, a huge performance by the defense, especially coming off of what was two significant injuries in this game to defensive players. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but got to get to a game recap here first, in case you missed this one, in case you fell asleep there towards the end. I don't don't know why you would have, but it was a late one here if you're in Morgantown or in the Eastern Time Zone. Another slow start offensively for West Virginia Saturday night. punted on four of its first five drives of the game. C.J. Donaldson scored late in the second quarter to Tied the game at 14 all TCU marches right down the field to jump back up by 7 points. And then a false start penalty forces a missed field goal as time expires in the first half for WVU. So the Frogs are up 21-14 at halftime. And it, it, it points there, Kevin, in this game. This game was about missed opportunities, but luckily for West Virginia, they were able to respond and, and really overcome those missed opportunities as West Virginia dominated the third quarter as you alluded to outgaining the Horned Frogs 129-1 to in the third quarter alone but only had seven points to show for it. West Virginia took the lead in the fourth on a 49-yard field goal by Michael Hayes. TCU tried to tie it at 24 all on a field goal with just under five minutes to play but that was blocked by Mike Lockhart. A huge play and that was the first green mortgage turning point. First green mortgage your home is the heart of what we do, but that wasn't the only one. Last minute of the game, Sean Martin thinks he has a sack. Video review puts TCU back in field goal range, but Sean Martin comes up with the second blocked field goal of the quarter. West Virginia hangs on 24-21 the final score. Kevin, as we mentioned, West Virginia just kept stepping up on the defensive end time after time in this game. And you,
1: you look at the stat sheet, neither team had a turnover, but it really doesn't feel that way. I mean, if you're yeah. a defense and you allow, you force four straight punts and then you block two field goals I mean that kind of takes the place of a turnover maybe a fumble or a lucky interception so it's you can look at the statue different ways it tells a lot of different stories but overall if you play that way you give your offense ample amount of opportunities to come back and take that victory no matter if they You know go three and out if they have a step back drive or you get a couple penalties which wvu doesn't do that often anyway uh so overall i mean like we've talked about the defense just set up WVU with every opportunity to win.
0: Neil Brown really prides himself and his teams on being sound, especially in special teams. That's been one of the emphases here this season is being better on special teams than they were a year ago. And they've really shown that, I think, through the first five games of this season. You you look at what TCU did today on special teams. 0 for 3 on field goals. Two were blocked. One was missed. That was a 53-yarder that was missed. West Virginia really won the game not just because of what they did on defense but also because of what they were able to do in special teams and to kind of go off that as well
1: the field position game I think WVU had three different possessions in which they started in TCU territory off punts so in taking advantage of those short fields then subsequently on the offensive side but there's a couple of times where Oliver Straub and TCU down inside their own 25 WVU they were fielding punts in TCU territory on fair catches sometimes. So, I mean, the special teams aspect of the game was massive on Saturday night, or tonight, I guess, but uh, it, you know, it's a three-phase game, and WVU dominated at least two phases tonight.
0: And it's interesting, we're talking about WVU's defense. We haven't even gotten to the offense yet. West Virginia's offense was outgained by just about 100 yards by TCU, but you would really come away from this game Really crediting the defense for stepping up, especially in the second half after halftime. This West Virginia defense was really, really good. You mentioned the, the time of possession and the the field position battle. West Virginia plus basically plus six and a half when it when it comes to time of possession there. Offensively, once again, West Virginia able to do just enough to win a ball game.
1: Yeah. And the difference came down to a field goal and the game winning field goal drive was five plays, 16 yards. So going back to the field position game, they did just enough, kind of like what you're talking about. A lot of that came from first down success. They talked a lot about it on the broadcast, those four five yard runs from CJ Donaldson. He only had 61 yards rushing on the night, but he did set Garrett green and the passing offense up to succeed some shorter friendlier down in distances. Uh, Taking advantage of short fields, some big plays by Garrett Green scrambling. Mm -hmm. If you had any questions as to whether his ankle was okay, look at the tape tonight because he looked just as mobile as ever, including touchdown rush of, what, something like 30 yards for their first? I think it was about
0: a 35-yarder, yeah.
1: So... uh, when he's able to do that and they're able to add kind of that uh, another dimension to the offense makes it that much more unpredictable and they took advantage of their scoring opportunities and I feel like that was the difference
0: well and you talk about West Virginia taking advantage of scoring opportunities they they really left anywhere between six to ten points on the field. Two drives, which was uh, kind of bookended, or bookended those drives, did a touchdown drive for West Virginia, but two drives, West Virginia turns the ball over on downs, one inside the TCU five-yard line where they weren't able to put points on the board, but luckily West Virginia does survive that. But you think about this game, if you're TCU, yeah, you, you, you lost by three points, but that could have been at least a touchdown and a half loss that, that the Horn Frogs suffered on, on their home uh Uh, field there uh, for the second time this year but you know West Virginia offensively you talk about Garrett Green coming back we'll get thoughts from Neil Brown on on that coming up in a little bit but Garrett Green comes back maybe not his best game passing wise just 10 of 21 142 yards no touchdowns Uh, luckily no interceptions for Garrett Green either but what he did running wise 12 attempts 80 yards and two touchdowns Again, it kept West Virginia moving the ball at times, but also, as you mentioned, it gave them just another dynamic to this offense.
1: The way it works with Garrett Green, too, is a lot of those plays are off schedule, not necessarily design runs, too. So there's... Ways for defenses to key on green when he's in the shotgun and he's making those zone reads, and we see that quite often, but that's the difference between Markule and green is to be able to get outside the pocket and then potentially keep your eyes downfield for a throw or tuck it and run.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like Garrett settled in a little bit more as the game went on. He started to hit a couple throws to Hudson Clement and, and some of his wide receivers as the game did progress there. So it looks like he's getting more comfortable. Uh, we, we teased that we were going to have sound from the head coach, Neil Brown. Let, let's pitch to that right now. As, uh, here, here's head coach, Neil Brown, following the 24-21 win over TCU.
2: Probably uh, as proud of a, of a football team as, I, as I've ever been. And and what a huge win. Uh, TCU is a really good football team, a um, team that – they won a lot of those games last year on their way to the national championship. And I have a ton of respect for them. I have a ton of respect for, for Sonny and, and really the staff that he's put together. And they do a great job. And this was a fight. This was a fight. And um, we're, we're a team that's kind of built for, for, for ugly football, for fights. And um, we have a really tough team that's really close. And it's a group that's grown together. Um, our back's been against the wall. Nobody's believed in us. You know, I, I don't want to hear anybody that's on social media or, oh yeah, I saw them being four and one. Nope, the only people that really believe are us. And um, I felt like that as we went through spring, summer into fall camp, we had a team that was was capable of winning close football games. And and that's what we've been able to do. We've been disciplined. Um, you know, we had what two penalties tonight, and, and it's because we play we play the way you're supposed to play, and, and it's clean. Uh we're a team that strains. they you know, we gotta continue to do it, but nobody plays nobody plays harder than we do. We're a tough team that's mentally tough. And you saw that tonight. You know, we had multiple guys go out and and hopefully um and those guys we had a couple guys are gonna have to stay here overnight and we've gotten some positive uh you know, positive reports on those guys. But you saw the 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 true mental toughness. There's nothing harder than seeing somebody really get hurt in this game and being able to bounce back from that. But I thought offensively we found a way. We zero turnovers, ran the ball for 200 yards on these guys, which is which is an achievement. Um we made enough plays in the past game. I thought Garrett was really gritty. Um our guys believe in him. He's got a little swagger about him. He never thinks he's out. He thinks he can make every play that gets him in trouble sometimes, but he makes a lot of them too. Defensively, I can't say enough. I thought second half wise guys like that's they've got really good skill guys and we bent a little bit. We never broke um, we got to work on our hands this bye week. You know, we dropped four interceptions, I think. But our D-line is talented, and we got pressure there late. And then we got a really good push on the bo- on both block field goals. And those are long, too. It's not, you know, those are those are tough field goals to make. We made two. One of them got called back because of a penalty. But those are tough. And then special teams, guys, I can't say, say enough about that. People are going to say, well, they had 400 and, you know, whatever yards, you all had 343. But we played clean football. We held the ball for almost 33 minutes
0: in the game. Searching for a mortgage lender that's 100% local, personal, and focused on home loans? First Green Mortgage has been serving West Virginia for more than 35 years, and they can assist you with every step of your home ownership journey. Visit them in Bridgeport or Morgantown or at fgm.bank. Back here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, Ryan Decker, Kevin Redfern recapping and reacting to West Virginia's 24-21 road victory over TCU. Kevin, of course, can't talk about this game with talking about some of the injuries that happened to West Virginia. Unfortunately, junior safety Aubrey Burks injured with about eight minutes left in the first half, left the game on a stretcher, then taken to a local hospital. Neil Brown saying after the game that uh, signs are good as far as Aubrey Burks goes, but he is staying in Fort Worth overnight for further evaluation. Uh, maybe not is good of news for linebacker Trey Latham who suffered a lower leg injury uh Neil Brown saying after the game that he's going to require surgery to fix that injury so Aubrey Burks Trey Latham staying in Fort Worth overnight and Latham requiring surgery uh looks like West Virginia gonna be losing really one of their best young players on the defensive side of the football for at least a couple weeks if not maybe the rest of the season but that remains to be seen yes and for as long as or Trey Latham
1: his season is unfortunately going to be over. And that's going to be really tough for the WVU defense with how thin they've been at will linebacker. Mm -hmm. That was a competition coming into the season. So it really hurts for Trey Lath and really hurts for the defense. But Aubrey Burks, I mean, the vocal and physical leader of the WVU secondary. You could see how emotional safeties coach Dante Wright was on Mm -hmm. the field as they were taking Burks off the field. It was very evident the kind of the leadership that Burks presents by how the WVU team reacted to his injury. So that one's going to hurt uh, and, and definitely hoping that he's OK. Uh, But, I mean, the way that the team was able to respond to those, I mean, think about the collective heartbeat across that stadium following both those injuries. I mean, the mood was very, very low. To respond the way they did and to not kind of be set back by those was really impressive, uh, and and you'd like to think they were doing it for those guys too.
0: Yeah, certainly. So, and some of the West Virginia players obviously were asked about those injuries after the game and, and said just that, that they were kind of rallying points those injuries were for WVU. Here's a couple of those players now after the game talking about those injuries and, and how West Virginia was able to respond to those? Yeah, you know, first of all, I just want to say that, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with Aubrey Burks and uh, Trey Trey. Um, you know, it's it's never, that's the bad part about this game is, you know, when injuries like that happen, really scary stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm happy the way that, that our guys rallied around that. Um, you know, we, we won the game for them, so we were happy we, we pulled it off.
2: I would say a little bit of A.B. going down kind of affected us a little bit. Uh, you just got to tell everybody to keep their head up. Uh, just tell him to fight through. I mean, if he was playing, I mean, obviously he played hard, so he just got to keep playing through no matter who gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, um, we hate to see guys go down, especially when you know like how much work they put in. Like, you don't want to see one of your teammates go down. But um, we just use it in motivation tonight, um, knowing that those guys would want us to keep going and just come out with a win. So we just use it to motivate us finish out the game.
0: So there were a couple West Virginia players reacting to the injuries of Trey Lathan and Aubrey Burks. Hopefully both those players can make full recoveries. Uh, West Virginia did not disclose what the exact injury was for Aubrey Burks. They did disclose a lower leg injury for Trey Lathan and that he will have surgery on that injury. So hopefully Burks can can at least return at some point this year. As you mentioned, definitely the emotional leader of the WVU defense. But Kevin, uh, West Virginia kind of moving away from those injuries here. West Virginia is now 4-1 and on the season, 2-0 and in Big 12 play. Not sure if anyone other than the folks in that West Virginia locker room saw this one coming at the start of this season. West Virginia now one of only three and 2-0 teams in the Big 12 conference. That's an amazing statement to say five weeks into this 2023 college football regular season. And
1: I feel like you'd be remiss if you didn't mention those two other teams being Oklahoma and Texas. True in their final year in the big 12. So it's, to think that West Virginia's up there right in that upper echelon. If you would have told that to some people for the season, they'd look at you like you're crazy. But I mean, Garrett Green said it game: They control their own destiny when it comes to the Big 12. I mean, the schedule looks a little bit different right now than it did perhaps at the beginning of the year. Um, we mentioned the injuries with the off week coming next week, probably couldn't have come at a better time. So... Uh, West Virginia really couldn't be in much of a better place heading into the heart of the conference schedule and the dog days of the season.
0: You talk about that West Virginia schedule. So West Virginia is idle this upcoming Saturday. They will not be playing on Saturday. West Virginia's next contest will be on the road at Houston on October 12th. That's a Thursday night on FS1. That's a really interesting game, obviously because of the Dana Holgerson dynamic, but West Virginia really, as you kind of mentioned there, in a driver's seat position in the Big 12 potentially. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma, the other two remaining 2-0 teams, they play each other this coming Saturday. We know one of those teams will have at least one loss. West Virginia could be one of only two, maybe three, depending on what Kansas State does next week. Only one or two of the final undefeated in conference play Big 12 teams heading into that Houston battle. That game has a lot of implications all over it. Then you just look a little bit further down the schedule. Home against Oklahoma State on October 12th. That'll be a long, again, a long recovery week for the Mountaineers coming off that Thursday game. So a little bit of extra recovery there for West Virginia. Oklahoma State's not played well this season. They they were idle this week, but coming off of road loss to Iowa State, which is going through its own trials and tribulations this season. And then they end October In Orlando against UCF, a team that blew a huge 28-point lead today to a Baylor team that looked dead in the water and resurrected itself there in the fourth quarter. It's not out of the question to really think West Virginia might be in the driver's seat coming into November but at the same time, do you have to think West Virginia maybe has had the ball bounce its way a little too often at this point so far this year, and maybe that pendulum swings the other way the the remainder of the month? Obviously, that remains to be seen, though.
1: Yeah, it's a complicated equation that you're looking at there, and all wins aren't necessarily created equal when you look at everything in hindsight. I mean, we're talking about being in the driver's seat. Everything is a snapshot in time, but you, you talk about the ball bouncing their way a couple times early in the season and then with some opponents who are struggling coming up here uh, in the next part of the schedule, that could be the case. But I, I'll take the side of WVU and Neil Brown on this one and I'll say that they've put themselves in the position to not let the bounce of a ball decide a game. I mean, you talk about a no turnover game mm-hmm. uh, against um a good TCU team only two or three penalties when you take those things out of the equation luck kind of tends to swing your way on the football field um so teams like Oklahoma State Houston those are teams that WVU can create their own luck winnable games for sure Uh, I can guarantee you inside the WVU program, they're labeling those games as should-win games. So, yeah, can they be in the driver's seat in November? Absolutely. Should they? Maybe. But at the end of the day, uh, like I said, only a snapshot in time, and Oklahoma will be waiting at some point.
0: The other conversation here, I guess kind of coming out of this game for West Virginia In terms of where it stands, maybe not only in the conference, but nationally, is Neil Brown saying that West Virginia should be ranked nationally uh, when the polls come out Sunday and Monday of this week? Uh, Number 22, Florida went down on the road to Kentucky, but likely Kentucky is going to take Florida's spot in the top 25 if you want to start shuffling chairs on the deck of the Titanic there. But The other teams in the top 25 this week, just looking quickly, number 17 Duke lost at home to number 11 Notre Dame. Doubt they drop out. And it looks like number 24 Kansas lost on the road at Texas without their starting quarterback. So maybe the Jayhawks drop out. Still not sure if that opens up a spot for West Virginia in the top 25, but we may see for the first time this season on Sunday west virginia receiving votes in either the coaches poll or the ap poll yeah and and the
1: votes are what or rankings are however you look at it and getting votes is the first step to being ranked and the truth of the matter is wvu has yet to receive any ranked votes this year so in terms of slipping into that top 25 it's a couple week process and having an off week this week won't help them but i mean winning ball games will and like we just talked about Couple one winna- more than a couple winnable ball games coming up off the after the off week, uh, so if they take care of business, that that number next to their name will pop up at some point.
0: West Virginia is four and one on the season, two and zero in Big Twelve play. They have now won six of their last eight, dating back to last season. Neil Brown and company have a four game winning streak for the first time since Neil Brown took over the program. It- it's a uh, it's a great spot that West Virginia currently finds itself in, as we mentioned, kind of in the driver's seat in the Big 12 Conference through the early portion of Big 12 Conference play. Of course, plenty of time still to come to see what happens this college football season. But West Virginia, you can say this, they are two-thirds of the way to bowl eligibility an impressive feat here through the first five weeks of this regular season Uh, kevin any closing thoughts as we put a bow on this tcu victory for the mountaineers two quick ones that popped in my mind now that you say that number one you can't look
1: uh at the beginning part of the season without noting that penn state is playing phenomenal football Mm -hmm. and they are a very very good football team and they're going to potentially be competing for a playoff spot second thing is i've talked about on this podcast before The most important drive of a football game is the first drive after halftime. Saturday night, WVU versus TCU. TCU got the ball to start the second half, got a first down, then back-to-back sacks by the WVU defense, forcing a punt, set the tone for the second half. I thought that was a massive point in the game, and I'm going to continue on my first drive of the second half uh, content as we move forward.
0: I I like it. I mean, if that becomes a turning point in a game, I'm I'm certainly up for it. Uh, The the other note I'd like to point out, West Virginia blocks two field goals in the same game for the first time since 2002, November 9th against Boston College. Uh, Saw the the video of that. Impressive feat by West Virginia back there in 02. That was a Rich Rodriguez-led team. West Virginia does that in this game against TCU. Mike Lockhart, Sean Martin, blocking field goals against... TCU. So that'll do it for us here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Make sure to stick with us at goldenblownation.com for any other updates on the Mountaineers, both on the gridiron, on the soccer pitch, and everywhere else as we uh, move further into the month of October. October officially here as we record this at 1 49 a.m. on Sunday morning. I guess we can say late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. For Kevin Redfern, I'm Ryan Decker. This has been another edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast.